6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Wednesday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
מה זה בדרך. אני הולך עם ראש למעלה, כל אחד הוא בן או בת של מלך. כך היה, וככה זה גם עלה, יהודים נשמה בוערת. בכל מקום ובכל ארץ, לא רוצה שיהיה אחרת. יהודי עני, זה משהו נצחי. בני אברהם, יצחק ויעקב, בני ישראל
gitano bisimcho. Yigagalu loi, lasuis mitzvo, gedoyla meri shoino, oh oh. Oh oh, ise mitzvo, achas gitano bisimcho. Yigagalu mitzvo, gedoyla meri shoino.
selections. A little bit of comedy as we stand one day before Tanis Esther and a few days before the holiday of Purim, which begins on Saturday night outside of Jerusalem. Jerusalem begins on Sunday night. Wednesday morning on this March the 8th, day 10 in the month of Adar. Hello, everybody. How you doing? Hope everything is uh, fine and dandy as we uh, present a JM in the AM on this uh, Wednesday morning. Zusha expected in studio. Zusha expected in studio here at JMNAM. How do you like that? Hour number three. Itzik Dadia had ten chiyuch. Mordechai Shapiro was schar mitzvah. Ivri Anochi was Benny Friedman. Avremo had itcha ani. Yoya, that's Kaveret, of course. Schlockrock with Achashverosh. Perfect for pre-Purim. And Regesh, Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. 6.34, 26 minutes before 7 o'clock on this uh, Wednesday before uh, Purim. The uh, book entitled The Gilded Cage, Queen Esther's Untold Story. Sarah LeBrownstein is going to join us in the 7 o'clock hour. There is a book called The Vanishing Jew, a wake-up call from the Book of Esther. Michael Eisenberg is going to join us in the uh, 8 o'clock hour. Uh, and Zusha is expected in studio in the 8 o'clock hour. They've got a performance coming up for Purim. We're also told they have a brand new single, so we will try to get to everything 
this morning here at JMN. Tomorrow's time is Esther, the fast of Esther. I remind you that our friends at, at uh, MTJ, Mesifta Tveris Yushalayim, have indicated that there was a mistake on their calendar and that according to um, to their sources, the fast begins in the New York area at 446, not the later time that's on the MTJ calendar. And obviously, check with your local communities in terms of when the fast starts, where you are. And uh, we wish everybody an easy fast tomorrow. We'll be here on Tanis Esther. It's a tradition that we uh, do some great program programming on Tanis Esther, so join us. We will have a live lunch, <laughs> even though we won't be lunching, I don't think, but we will have a live lunch uh, tomorrow on Tanis Esther. And then uh, Saturday night, Sunday is Purim, and then in Yerushalayim, Sunday night and Monday is a Purim, on Shushan Purim, so to speak. And we look forward to celebrating with all of you. Don't forget that on Sunday, it is an amazing and incredible Nahum Single Network Purim stream, if you will, that's on all day on our network. Uh, it is the perfect soundtrack for your Purim Suda, for your Mishloch Manos, for just being in the house and taking care of things on Purim um, and having it on the background. Again, NSN, the Purim uh, stream of great music, wonderful programming, is on all through the day, all day on Purim. Uh, so utilize us for a great Purim soundtrack, the same way you do on uh, Erev Shabbos, when you utilize us for a great Erev Shabbos soundtrack. You'll be very glad you did. And um, and there you have it. Uh, great the lineup today. A lot of things happening after JM&AM, including the Wednesday Live Lunch by Avrami. Before that, Bite Size with Yoni Pollock, and we'll go through everything a little later on in this broadcast. All right, so Eighth Day is out with a brand new one. Eighth Day is out with a brand new album. And we get to listen to it together right now. I believe it's the first time ever on JMNAM right now. Eighth Day from a, uh, from a CD entitled Slow Down. I believe it's called Slow Down. Here, it, here they are at JM in the AM.
Pardon me, mister. Can you spare a dime for a glass tea? I will not. You stopped me once before today. I gave you a dime for your glass of tea not 20 minutes ago. Mister, please, stop living in the past. J.M. in the A.M. America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning <laughs> radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at NachumSegal.com, on the NachumSegal Network, and of course, on our beloved NSN app. Some of our great comedy. Before that, the greatest Purim hit, Simcha Liner had Kanfei Nesharim, Eighth Day with Didan, the Maccabees had Home, and Kapayim, brand new from Eighth Day, Opened up that set. Galit Sal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Wednesday follows next. We say Boker Tov from JMNAM. Galit Sal, Ashash Time, Tanran Yevnai, Imashikor Yachshav. חוק המואזין השנוי במחלוקת עבר במליאת הכנסת בקריאה טרומית לפני שעה קלה. 55 בעד, 48 מתנגדים, אין נמנעים. הצעת חוק עברה בקריאה טרומית. הצעת חוק תועבר להכנתה לקריאה ראשונה. חבר הכנסת יהודה גליק מהליכוד סירב להצביע עם הקואליציה. כתבנו מיכאל שמש מוסיף שבמהלך הדיון צעקו מספר חברי כנסת קריאות ביניים. בעקבותיהם חבר הכנסת עודד פורר אמר מעל הבימה לחבר הכנסת אוסאמה סעדי, אתה צריך אשפוז. לאחר שהתבטא מספר פעמים נגד נשים, נשיא ארה״ב דונלד טראמפ צייץ בטוויטר לרגל יום האישה הבינלאומי יש לי כבוד גדול לנשים ולהשפעתן החיונית על החברה ועל הכלכלה בתפקידים הרבים שהן ממלאות. כתבנו נתנאל דרשן מוסר שבמהלך מסע הבחירות נחשפו הקלטות שבהן נשמע הנשיא מתרברב בעובדה שהוא תופס נשים באיבר המין שלהן ולא שיקבל את הסכמתן. הסערה בעקבות התבטאותו של הרב יגאל לוינשטיין, הרבנים דוב ליאור וזלמן מלמד מפרסמים בשעה זו פסקי הלכה שאוסרים על גיוס גברים לגדודים מעורבים ובכך מעניקים חיזוק לדברי לוינשטיין. בתוך כך חבר הכנסת אלעזר שטרן וראש מועצת המכינות דני זמיר גינו את הרב בשיחה עם יעל דן. אם טובת בני אלי מונחת לפניו שיתלה את הנעליים וימשיך לטייל איפה שהוא רוצה מכינת עילית לא תוכל ליהנות מתקציב ממשלתי כשמחנכים שם נגד שירות okay, נשים אנחנו... בצה"ל ונגד בנות. אני... אנחנו כן מגנים את הסגנון הדברים האלה ואנחנו חושבים שאם הרב לוינשטיין לא חוזר בו מהדברים האלה אני יודע בוודאות שחלק גדול מהמכינות לא יכול להיות בקשר איתו ועד עובדי משרד החוץ מאיים להשבית את נציגויות ישראל ברחבי העולם בעקבות סירוב האוצר להעניק תוספות שכר. אלילי שחר שוחחה עם ערן יעקב, הממונה על התקציבים באוצר, ועם יאיר פרומר, חבר ועד העובדים במשרד החוץ. שר האוצר משה כחלון אכן צריך להתערב ולהנחות את פקידיו לסיים את הסאגה הזאת שנמשכת יותר משנתיים. זה דבר פשוט ואני חושב שהוא יכול לעשות את זה. אני חושב שלא תהיה ברירה אלא באמת להחריף אה, צעדים ולהגיע... גם לצערי לשביתה, והפעם הרביעית בתוך חמש שנים שהם באים ודורשים תוספות שכר מעבר למה שכל המשק מקבל, שהשכר הוא בסך הכל גבוה. עובדי מפעל חיפה כימיקלי מפגינים בשעה הזו מול ביתו של שר האוצר משה כחלון במחאה על העברת מיכל האמוניה לדרום הארץ. כתבנו בחיפה קובי מנדל שמע אותם. לא יהיה לנו עבודה. אין תחליף לאמוניה במפעל שלנו. זה לא שאנחנו לא יכולים לייצר משהו אחר אם אין אמוניה. אין אמוניה, אין עבודה. 
והתחזית עלייה קלה בטמפרטורות, מחר כבר יהיה שרבי. אלה החדשות שהעורך מירון ששון. Turn it. 
pardon me, lady, but ever since we took off, I've been meaning to ask you something. Oh, what is it, sir? What is that you're carrying in that blanket? What do you mean, what is it? It's my little baby. <laughs> lady, I hate to tell you, but <laughs> that is the ugliest, most ridiculous, youth-looking baby I have ever seen. How dare you talk about my child that way? I've never been so insulted in my life. You are not getting away with this. I'll have you thrown off the plane. Look, lady, it's an ugly baby. Now, I've seen ugly in my time, but you've got an award winner. If I, if I could get my hands on you, I'd tear your hair out. I'm calling the captain. I'm going to give you Just such a second. Just a second. Let's stop this argument. I'm this studious and this is... This here is an Israeli Airlines flight. And I don't want anybody screaming in my cabin. Don't fight. Play nice. Seems here to be the trouble. Well, this smart aleck insulted me, and I won't stand for it. And I insist that something be done about it, or I'm going to sue him and the airlines. Lady, all I said was the truth. Oh, you rotten, no good, miserable. Just a second. <laughs> Calm down, lady. Take it easy. Just relax. I'll bring you a nice hot glass of tea, a pillow for your head, and I'll get you a banana for your monkey. <laughs> One of the uh, odd dark comedy segments here at JM in the AM. Before that, you heard the uh, <laughs> before that you heard the Simcha Liner selection, Prose Door. Yerachmiel begun in Miami with Mila Shem Shlomo Kalbach's Lamanachai. Good morning, all. Thanks for joining us around the world. It's much appreciated. We are here at the Nachum Siegel Network of the Great Wednesday Edition of JM in the AM. Uh, full schedule all through the day, of course, as you would suspect, including right after JM in the AM at nine o'clock, bite size. Hosted by Yoni Pollack, he'll feature an interview that Joanna Shepson has done recently with volunteers from Yad Sara in Israel. And Tova Kenech interviews the founder and PR director of Tnufa Bakahila. That's all coming up between 9 and 11 Eastern Time this morning with Yoni Pollack at the helm. It's called Bite Size here on the Nachum Siegel Network. Avrami will host a live lunch after that starting at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Tomorrow it's Tanis Esther, the Fast of Esther. Saturday night begins the holiday of Purim. There is so much going on. It's amazing. By the way, I get a great, um, I got a whole bunch of communication this morning from uh, David, excuse me, David Cutler uh, from the NCSY summer programs. First of all, NCSY summer is uh, presenting a staff training shop. It's coming up on May the 12th up at the Stamford Hilton. So if you're an NCSY summer Staffer, you may want to check that out. That's coming up on the fourteenth, um, on the twelfth, rather of May. Also, there's one week left. Actually, there's less than a week left because uh, Monday on Shushan Purim, we're going to be announcing the winner. There's less than a week left to win a summer program of your choice. Uh, the drawing date for the NCSY Summer Purim Raffle is days away. It's this coming Monday. Uh, with your ticket, you'll be entered to win one of three unbelievable prizes, including tickets for two to Israel. $500 Visa gift card, and, of course, a free NCSY summer program of your choice, or $5,000. Uh, go to the OU uh, NCSY website and enter and uh, purchase your tickets for a chance to win. The drawing will be held. Shushan Purim, the winners announced live by me, Nahum Siegel, on JM in the AM. We're looking forward to that very, very much. 
Um, all right, so go to um, ncsy.org for information on the uh, raffle for next week. And a reminder that NCSY Kolel invites the entire community to get ready for Purim, an evening of music and inspiration featuring Mordechai Shapiro and words of Torah and inspiration from Rabbi Moshe Tzvi Weinberg and Rabbi Tzvi Sabolovsky. It's happening this Thursday, Tanis Esther, beginning at 8 p.m. at Congregation Keter Torah on Romer Avenue in Teaneck, New Jersey. There'll be a Kumsitz afterwards. There'll be a meat buffet to break the fast. And it's absolutely free. For information, summer at ncsy.org. Summer at ncsy.org. Again, Mordechai Shapiro, Rabbi Moshe Tzvi Weinberg, Rabbi Tzvi Sabolovsky. It happens at the uh, Congregation Keter Torah in Teaneck this coming Thursday night, tomorrow night, starting at 8 p.m. Take advantage, summer at ncsy.org, summer at ncsy.org, for all the information that you need. Zusa expected in our studio later on. This is brand new from 8th Day at JM in the AM. My parents left me at the gate with goodbye. Just a kid I had to get by. Trim style jumpers, I found boys with no shoes. They had a plan, I just couldn't refuse. Crammed in the back. We're hidden from view With no tickets That's just what you do But when the cop came And he asked me my name He told me son It's time to change your game Change your game
Space Day. One of a kind is the name of that one. By the way, a reminder that Heichal Torah and Tinek invites everybody to their Purim Chagiga this coming Saturday night. Mordechai Shapiro is going to be the special guest happening at 70 Sterling Place in Teaneck, New Jersey. Information at 201-335-0633, Heichal Torah Sterling Place in Teaneck this Saturday night. That is the um, Purim Chagiga starring Mordechai Shapiro. Yesterday we had an opportunity. Uh, to speak about the Chag HaSmicha up at Yeshiva University. Uh, those of you who are uh, not going to be in attendance, don't forget that the uh, website yu.edu slash Chag is going to have the uh, Chag HaSmicha on the 19th of March uh, streamed live, so you'll be able to catch it, be part of the entire experience. want to remind everybody that there is a uh, an incredible journey to Israel at the Mizrahi is... Uh, putting together for the 50th anniversary of the uh, reunification of Jerusalem. It's uh, Yom Yerushalayim number 50, hard to believe. And they are encouraging people from around the world to come in to Israel, to Yerushalayim, to celebrate. Information, Mizrahi.org slash YY50, Mizrahi.org slash YY50. Beats 2.0. A lot of great comments on the app, anticipating Zusha walking into the studio later on. It should be here about 45 minutes from now here at JM and the Ant. Listener Morris on the app tells us is a special Kalbach minion this coming Friday night at the Svartik Synagogue, starting at 5.45 p.m. at 511 Avenue R in Brooklyn. That's 511 Avenue R, just off of Ocean Parkway. Come one, come all. There will be an expanded women's section as well. Special Kalbach Tzila this coming uh, Friday night. Enjoy, enjoy. Uh, Tanis Esther is tomorrow. <coughs> Excuse me. 
The uh, synagogues, uh, well, some of the synagogues in the Lower East Side are declaring that the fast begins at 446. Make sure you know when the fast starts where you are. And um, get ready for Tanis Esther tomorrow. I be- This might be a repeat. If it is, well, no need to apologize. There's nothing wrong with reviewing something you've studied before. By David Goldwasser's words, Zechonish Masarav Zev, and here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. We read in the Megillah, that Haman is our enemy. We learn in Mesech the Megillah that originally Esther was pointing in the direction of Achashverosh. A Malach came, hit her on the hand, and directed her hand towards Haman. The Vilna Goyen asks an interesting question. The whole reason that Esther had made this suda and invited Achashverosh and Haman was to find Chain in the eyes of Achashverosh so eventually he would be mevatel, the Gezer of Haman. He would annul the decree of Haman. How can we understand that in the middle of the Suda, she intended to point her finger at Achashverosh and call him the Rasha, call him the evil one. She would provoke him and remove any hope of being helped by Achashverosh. Certainly, with all the preparations that were made, Esther had achieved that Shasa Kosher, the charm time, that moment when Achashverosh wanted to know who is this person that is causing her all this trouble and wanted to punish that person. All she had to do at that moment was to talk about Haman and tell exactly what he had done. That would be the end of the story. So why specifically at this time did she point at Achashverosh and possibly lose all the benefit of what she had achieved? The Vilna Gon explained this by referring to the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah. We learned that Nehemiah was the minister in charge of bringing the wine to the Melech Pras. Part of his job was to drink a little bit of the wine to ensure that it had not been poisoned. One day, Nehemiah came in and his face was sad. He had never before appeared before the king with a downcast face. The king asked him why he was downcast. He thought that perhaps there was evil in his heart. Nehemiah replied, Long live the king. I am saddened this day because the city of my ancestors' graves is in ruin and its gates are consumed by fire. The king asked, What is your request? Nehemiah continues, It's explained that actually he was praying before Hashem, even though he was talking to an earthly king. The same was with Esther Hamalka. She stood in front of Achashverosh, but she was actually talking to the Melech Malche Amlochim, the king of kings. Achashverosh thought that she was talking to him. She was trying to inspire divine mercy. So when she was talking about the evil and turned to Hashem, she prayed to be saved from Achashverosh, because in truth, it was Achashverosh who had the power to pass the evil decrees and not Haman. Esther was so shaku and tefillah, so completely immersed in prayer, that she forgot in front of whom she was physically standing. So when Achashverosh asked her, Mihu zeh Who is this one who is so evil? She instinctively pointed directly at Achashverosh, because he was the one that was responsible for the decree. However, when the Malach came and moved her hand in order that she should point at Haman, 
Esther realized that her hand was being moved min hashamayim from the heavens and that she must say it was Haman and not Achashverosh. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day. morning. Talk about somebody getting up early to share some information with us. Sarala Brownstein is with us. She lives in Davis, California. Originally from Italy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's early out there. Trust me. It is early out there. Uh, She's originally from Italy, lives out in California, and she is the author of the book, The Gilded Cage. The Gilded Cage. Queen Esther's Untold Story. Sarala Brownstein, welcome to JM in the AM. Good morning. Thank you for having me. A pleasure. Uh, why'd you write the book? I wrote the book because I felt of all the stories and versions that have been put out there of Queen Esther, none of them came from the perspective of an observant Jewish woman. Interesting. And how is your perspective different than what the world has thought for these thousands of years? I believe that the story of Esther, at least Esther herself, has been shortchanged for the depths of her sacrifice. It's uh, She's cheated out of it by being portrayed as a naive young woman who was a pretty face, did whatever Mordechai told her to do, and um, and... And there's so much more to her personality, to her character, to her courage, and to her sacrifice that it's really not fair to just be left with a shallow representation. Well, give me a good example, because we've really, I mean, I think, you know, uh, certainly in my lifetime, I think she's always been portrayed as a very courageous woman, one with some fears and with some hesitation, but in the end, of course, very courageous. Uh, give me, give me an example or two how she's been shortchanged in the area of courage. Well, one of the things we know from the Babylonian Talmud is that she was actually married to Mordechai. 
So by going to the king, she wasn't just profiting her physical life. She was, in essence, committing adultery because she was going to give validity to the relationship she had with Ahasuerus by going to him of her own accord. And by committing adultery, she forfeited the chance to ever go back to her husband, Mordechai, which was really her true love. Another thing that people usually think is that Esther went to the palace and she fell in love with the king. The king fell in love with her. It was such a beautiful love story. But in actuality, Echashvers was not a nice guy. He was a narcissist, and there was no love over there. He was only capable of loving himself. So the life that she led at the palace wasn't a Walt Disney uh, glamorous life. It was a difficult life. Mm. But she took that. She, in essence, was willing to go to hell for the sake of her people. Sarah Sarah Brownstein is with us, author of The Gilded Cage, Queen Esther's Untold story. I mean, a lot of what you mentioned. A lot of what you mentioned. I think many people, you know, get that feeling from the Megillah. Obviously, what you what you said about the Talmud. Um, you know, that's not how the Megillah portrays the relationship between Mordechai and Esther. For whatever reason, you know, the Megillah decided to do that. Uh, but well, if I may say so, sure. one of the things you don't realize is that the Megillah was written while still under the rulership of Ahasuerus. So it had to be censored very carefully. The Megillah was written in code specifically because they couldn't say everything they wanted to say. Right, understood. Um, all right, so courageousness, bravery is one area where where Queen Esther is shortchanged. What else can you tell us about her untold story that you're able to cover in the book? I'll tell you what. When Before I started this research, we read the story, but I didn't really affected me to a point that it made me cry, it made me think of her sacrifice in personal terms. After the research, and, after our, and I wrote the story in first for, person, because you have to take it on a personal level. You should cry with Esther. You should feel for her how it was to be there. And I believe that's one of the things that the book brings out, is that when you read the Megillah and you hear... And if I perish, I will perish. You don't just read it. You cry with her. So now I think I'm getting it more. In other words, uh, the, the story is similar to the story that we know. But her perspective, the fear, yes. that she, the fear that she was going through, the challenges that she was going through, the risk of her life that she was you know, putting out there on behalf of uh, her brothers and sisters in the Jewish world, uh, all, you want people to to stop and consider just how heavy a burden all of that was on her. Yes, but she did it uh, with with a uh, you know she did it with an easy heart for the sake of the people. Right. Um. And uh, and and not contrary, but based on what you said earlier, the the advice or the um. The guidance of Mordechai what was key to the whole story, correct? Even it was, but she's the one who who understood the situation on a deeper level. Mordechai is the one who um, made her aware that the reason why she was at the palace 
was because of this particular opportunity to, this was her mission in life. Before that, she had been living at the palace for five years. She knew that she was there because for some reason God wanted her to be there, but she had no idea. In the Megillah, it made easy for us because it spells it out for us. But when we think in, in those, in those days, in those times, five long years had passed right. since she had been queen, so it wasn't easy to know this is the reason why. Yeah. So Mordechai made her aware of that, but then she realized that more than just going to the king and pleading for the life, this was uh, a decree that had been, had be, uh, God had allowed to happen because it was a, a wake-up call that the Jews needed at the time. And for it those... Tells us, I'm, yeah. No, I'm sorry, go ahead. It tells us that the decree, when Esther asked, how come this decree is happening? And Mordechai answers her, because the Jews enjoy themselves at the party. So the obvious question would be, why for enjoying, enjoying themselves at the party would they deserve to die? The idea, though, was that at the time, Ahasuerus was wearing the clothes of the high priest, of the Congado, and they were serving food with the vessels of the temple. So the fact that the Jews enjoy themselves without having of being offended and having their heart broken because of the secretion that was happening, they were happy that were part of society. That speaks to their disconnect to their Jewish heritage. Right. So in order to reawaken their, 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 their connection to their Jewish identity, they, they needed to have a real wake-up call. And Esther is the one who gave them that wake-up call by show, by moving them, touching them, for by sacrificing her life and her world to come for the sake of her brothers. The book is called The Gilded Cage, Queen Esther's Untold Story. Sarla Brownstein is with us live via telephone. Before I continue with my questions, how do people obtain the book? Yes, they can buy it on Amazon. The Gilded Cage is what you want to look for. Uh, you know, tomorrow is Tanit Esther. So it, it took a, would you agree it took a certain amount of courageousness, bravery, for Esther to essentially implore the entire Jewish people, certainly the women, uh, to join her in fasting and prayer? That's not, you don't always get a positive reaction when you, when you call for support from the Jewish community. Even that was a measure of bravery. You agree? A hundred percent. And I believe why the people all followed her is because they were moved by, by her care for them, by sacrificing so much they on their behalf. They realized what was going on. Yes. And what do you think of her relationship with Haman? Uh, from her perspective, uh, you said you wrote the book in the first person. Um, is there a description of uh, the fear that she might have had of Haman? Or maybe, you know, the, 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 um, maybe the feeling that she had that this person was overcomable, that, this, you know, that, that, that he would end up being his own worst enemy, so to speak. Is there, is there a, anything you learned about the relationship between Esther and Haman uh, while doing this research? Sure. Um, uh, I suppose the the best way to deal with these people is realize 
that their arrogance is going to be their own downfall. And she saw that? Yes. So would you say that there was a, I mean, is there a way to describe the level of fear? You described earlier, you know, the, the tense relationship with Ahasuerus compared to some of the ways we interpret the Megillah in terms of Esther and Ahasuerus. Would you say when it came to Haman, there was great fear or she was she felt that she was able to manage that the relationship? I I believe she managed because she was a very smart woman, but there was definitely fear because at every moment she feared that she would be exposed and being exposed in a cove of, of the snakes because Haman obviously didn't like Jews and neither did Ahasuerus. Right. That was one of her main fears. Yeah. There's no there's no question who the hero or heroine of the Purim story is, correct? There's no question. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I want to make that clear because you said earlier that a lot of people, you know, like to give credit to Mordechai, which he deserves, a a, a certain amount of credit, of course. Uh, but being on the front lines and uh, playing the role or taking the role, I should say, wasn't an act of um of of, of being the, you know, the mother of the Jewish people at that point and having the fate of her brothers, sisters, and children, and future generations hanging in the balance, that is heroism, as uh, yes. as um, demonstrated by Queen Esther. Yes. The Gilded Cage, Queen Esther's Untold Story, Sarla Brownstein, anything you'd like to add? A happy Purim for all. <laughs> thank you. I'm sure to have great Purim celebrations out in Davis, California. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. Sarla Brownstein, The Gilded Cage, Queen Esther's Untold Story. Check it out and enjoy. More coming up. It is uh, 13 minutes before 8 o'clock. And in the 8 o'clock hour, Zusha is expected in our studio at JM in the AM.
Next case, Mrs. Esther Feldman. Coming, Your Highness. What can this court do for you, Mrs. Feldman? I'll tell you what this court can do for me. Could give me a divorce for my Jaime. A divorce? How old are you, Mrs. Feldman? I should live and be well. Uh, but ten days after next Hanukkah, I'll be 84. Ken horror, Mrs. Feldman. Tell me, how long have you been married? Fifty-eight years. Fifty-eight years and you want a divorce? Why? Why? Enough is enough. J.M. and the A.M. Wednesday. Good morning, everybody. Zusha expected in studio in hour number three at some point. Tomorrow is Tanit Esther, the fast of Esther. And um, we'll be here, regular schedule and all. Even a live lunch tomorrow without the lunch. <laughs> so join us. Uh, coming up on Bite Size with Yoni Pollock just over an hour from now in the Nachum Single Network, Joanna Shepson speaks with volunteers from Yad Sarah. Tova Knecht speaks with the founder and PR director of Tanufa Bakahila. It's all coming up between 9 and 11. Um, the... Um, the show is called Bite Size with uh, Yoni Pollock, and that happens starting at 9 a.m. right after J.M. in the a.m. Wednesday live lunch will be done by Avrami starting at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. And uh, plenty more all through the day, of course. Tomorrow, regular schedule, Tanis Esther. Fast of Esther, regular schedule here at J.M. in the a.m. And, of course, on the Nahum Siegel Network. Make sure you are tuned in. A drop early for the top of the hour, but let's do it. We'll head into hour number three at America's one and only Jewish Moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at NahumSiegel.com, on the NahumSiegel Network, and of course, on our beloved NSN app.
Before that, JM in the AM, two minutes after 8 o'clock. Zusha expected in our studio this hour here at JM in the AM. Michael Eisenberg is with us live via telephone from Israel. He's been on the Nahum Siegel Network before. He is a partner at Venture Capital Fund, Aleph, in Tel Aviv, Israel. He's also the author of The Vanishing Jew, which in Hebrew is known as Kachaya Selah Yehudi. Uh, the Vanishing Jew is a, a new release. Um, it is subtitled A Wake-Up Call from the Book of Esther. Michael Eisenberg, welcome to JM in the AM. Good morning, Achim. I'm actually in New York. Ah, how do you like that? <laughs> how are you? Proud to say, I am sure, especially after reading your book, that usually you're in Israel. I am usually in Israel. That is my home, home in Jerusalem, work in Tel Aviv, and uh, uh, it's nice to come back to Manhattan sometime, but much, much better to be in Israel. You know, after reviewing your book, it's almost, it's almost impossible to believe that the Jewish people survive episodes like Purim, you know? It's like, it is very, it is very hard to believe that they can persevere after, uh, after being ruled the way they were in Persia. Well, you know, the, the Jewish people will persevere. I think we're promised that, uh, ultimately, that that will, that that will happen. Uh, I think that, you know, the big question raised by Purim is actually the day after. And uh, set in its historical context, when uh, uh, Mordechai and Esther are part of the Persian Empire, and Ezra and Nehemiah at the same time are making their way back to Eretz Yisrael, working really hard uh, to rebuild the land and, and develop an economy, etc., you see kind of the, the dichotomy. And the question of Purim is, after you're saved, what happens the day after? Do the Jewish people... Uh, in the same numbers continue to exist. Uh, you know, after I published my book, uh, the Hebrew version of the book, which came out first, I was called in by David Bloomberg, who was the chairman of the National Library of Israel. He said, uh, Michael, let me tell you something. 
between 1880 and 1910, three and a half million Jews uh, immigrated from Poland and Russia to North and South America. Mm -hmm. If you just multiply the population of the world by that, and Jews tend to have more children, uh, you'd seem to have somewhere close to 20 million Jews in North and South America. Today, we only have six million. And that's kind of the question of the day after is where did they all go? And the answer is? Uh, assimilation into the host culture. It's, it's, not, a, it's not a new phenomenon. Right. Uh, the two studies are not new. They were done in Persia 2,500 years ago. Uh, and, uh, you know, the same is true today. And we have this wonderful opportunity today uh, with the state of Israel uh, to really realize our national dreams of 2,000 years and our individual communal dreams of 2,000 years, and I think it behooves us to take advantage of it. And I know that, I have, and I don't regret it, you know. Yeah, and that would be a, 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 a solid antidote. I wouldn't say flawless antidote, but a solid antidote to the problem that you just raised, which is, of course, assimilation in light of the circumstances. Uh, Michael Eisenberg is with us. So before we speak about Mordechai and Esther, more, maybe more specifically Mordechai and his leadership or lack thereof uh, the day after, we, we have to acknowledge that in general, um, it, and we know this, we know this from modern Jewish history and from so many examples in the past, um, the Jews in Persia are in a situation where they are about to be literally eliminated, where the community, where, where, the, where it's not only a proposal, but it, but it is a fact that there is going to be a time in the very near future where there will be a complete execution of the Jewish people, right? Well, uh, part of what I track through the, the book and the text of the Megillah is, uh, in the book, is the ups and downs of the economy. And it's a reasonably historical fact, it's true in the Megillah too, that bad economies cause anti-Semitism and good economies cause assimilation. Right. And you can actually see that in the, in the text of, uh, of the Megillah. And, you know, the, the, the question of leadership is such as what do we do about this? And again, Ezra and Nehemiah are coming back at that time to, to Israel you know, with rough hands and barely a penny, right. uh, but setting up a society that ultimately lasts for a very long time. And, you know, to the point you made earlier, uh, you know, the assimilation rate in Israel is, is less than 1%. In the United States, it's well over 50. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's non-denominational just in different times. It's amazing what four generations or three generations does to make people feel at home in their communal institutions and as part of government in a host country. And the same thing, like I said, happened in Persia. 2,500 years ago. Right, I get all that, and that's why, that's why I, I want to lay so much of the blame, not really on Jewish leadership, because we do have, I mean, whether it's today or whether it's back in Persia, there are, there are significant groups of Jewish leaders that encourage people to leave that host country and get to Israel. They're about to be annihilated, right? The Jews know now that, that after the story of Purim takes place, they were saved literally by miraculous events. And they're not moving. They're not going. You know, this, this whole thing to me seems so consumer driven. There is a, there is, whatever, for whatever reason, there is, whether it's human nature, Jewish nature, or otherwise, for some reason, even days after, you know, uh, figuratively speaking, even days after being saved, uh, from the hands of the enemy, they're not willing to, to budge. So, I, I, Yeah, it's hard to understand, right? And, and the Meshach Chachma says, I'll bring this at the beginning of my book, you know, history repeats itself over and over again. Oh, yeah. The Jews become ensconced in where they are. Um, and then, you know, God needs to bring a, a wake-up call. And that wake-up call happened in Megillah this there. And one of the things to pay attention to, by the way, is the whole Zerah of Haman is four days. And the Megillah takes place of well over a decade long. Um, but the Zerah is four days until, until it's done. But the aftermath, the day after, of staying in Persia, excuse me, of staying in America, uh, begs a lot of questions. 
uh, of comfort, and, you know, and uh, you know, lack of movement and lack of ability to open yourself up. You know, we dove in, I just finished dobbing Sharfus and Well, it happened. And now we got to go. Yeah, look, any list, any listener of this show know, knows where I stand on this issue. My point is, though, that while while many of us like to blame Jewish leadership, it seems that that even when encouraged, even when great leaders, and one must surmise that you know, in the context of history, there were some pretty great leaders uh, at the helm of the Jewish people after the story of Purim, as you just described earlier. Uh, nonetheless, it, it it takes such an effort. So much convincing, so much that falls on deaf ears that I don't know how much can be blamed on leadership. I'm, you know, blaming leadership is, it's easy to allocate blame. I, I, w- I would say in a positive example, the following, when Rabbi Riskin, almost or about 30 years ago, picked up and moved, many of his parishioners moved after him, not as many. And I think, you know, it's a question as who are the Nehemias of our generation? Who wouldn't they get the message that there's both at Sarah and an opportunity in Eretz Israel seizes it with both hands and says, I'm not encouraging you to move. I'm going to move myself. Come with me. And I think uh, leadership by example is, is critical uh, in, in everything, and, and in this day and age in particular. We have, you know, we, we don't realize Israel is not a Nebuchadnezzar place anymore, right? It, you know, since 1984 till today, the average annual income in Israel has grown from about $8,000 a year to $39,000 a year. In the last 12 months, the economy of Israel on an average income basis, has passed France. It's going to pass England this year and catching up to the United States. So there's actually even economic opportunity and positive reasons to move, uh, you know, that hopefully, uh, you know, by example, people will take, will take advantage of. Yeah, look, again, no convincing needed here, but it's my... I'm trying to convince your listeners now. Right, We're the greatest society in the history of the world. We Trust me. We have an opportunity. We, Trust you know, me. Like Rabbi Udal Levy said, that if two parts are zero, you've got to hear it and then decide to do something trust, about it. Trust me, you know a lot of people who can attest to the fact of how much I try to influence this audience when it comes to Israel. Michael Eisenberg is with us. My point simply that, that I don't know if Jewish leadership could be blamed because I see it now with my very own eyes. Uh, people, as you say, people see the situation, people uh, you know, make decisions for themselves, they assess situations for themselves. Everything that you mentioned about Israel today in 2017 is, is true. And when people are there, they feel it even more and even more strongly. And it is just very difficult. You know, I, I sometimes I, I think about the miracle, and I say it like that. I think about the miracle that my mother's family left Germany when they did right around the time of Kristallnacht. Because I think about the same thing, by the way. And I, by the way, we shouldn't blame anybody. Allocating blame is never a good thing, you know, neither as a parent nor as a community uh, nor as anything. It's We should look at the opportunity, and, you know, we need to ask ourselves again about that day after. Where is the story going uh, uh, around here, and what are the opportunities just to create an incredible Jewish society, and one that's truly Jewish, you know, around its around its calendar, around its table. I don't have to worry. Do I take off Cholamoid or I take off Christmas? Yeah, I, I get that. Uh, so, uh, Michael, great opportunities. Michael Eisenberg, author of The Vanishing Jew, a wake-up call from the Book of Esther. Also, I, I thought... As if you a, buy it today on Amazon, you can have it by Purim, by the way. Oh, very nice. Boy, that Amazon really? that Amazon is something. Must be an Israeli company. No, it must be. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be. I mean, come on. <laughs> the um, <laughs> if, if not, then there must be Israeli roots somewhere. Um, yeah, there's a Megillah in the back, although it's not cloth, so you may have to bring a second one to shul. All right. Hey, but if it's an emergency, someone at least can read along. You know what I mean? Exactly. But I, I must make one other point, and, and I know you're right about the blame thing, etc. I sometimes feel... 
that Mordechai gets a bum rap. Because you, you, I think, if I'm reading this correctly, would love to have seen him stand up the next day, essentially lead the charge to the Holy Land, right? That's what you would have liked, correct? Not only that, but the, 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 you know, the continuation of Esther is actually the Sefer of Nehemiah. It's so deep into Tanakh, many people don't get to it. But Perak Aleph of Nehemiah is the antithesis of Mordechai, where Nehemiah gets word of what's going on. Yerushalayim says, I got to go, and he goes to the king and says, I'm going. And he ends up building this great society uh, in Israel. And, you know, that's, it's contemporaneous or just after Mordechai. Uh, and, you know, Mordechai stays as the Mishnah Melchah Hashverosh, and I think that's the way to understand uh, Chazal as Miktas Sanhedrin Parshumi Menu. Literally, they put him in harem in, in that regard. And Ravashi, at the beginning of the Agathas in, in Megillah, says that this was a tragedy. Um, because Nehemiah is the antithesis of, of, of Mordechai in this case. Right. I just wonder because, you know, he spent all that time literally saving the Jews. And it, and, and it consumed him, we'd have to assume, right? Mordechai. I, it, I would assume. We'd have to assume it consumed him. And I sometimes think, I, a story once happened to me where I was walking with the legendary uh, Louis Bloom in the old city of Jerusalem with that Teret Khan in. And, uh, and um, I said to him, I said, uh, you know, it, it's amazing to me that you don't live in the old city. That you're not one of those people who feels the pioneering spirit to do this. And he says to me, you know, I fought in the War of Independence. I'm going to stay in my apartment in the new area of Yerushalayim and let the young people, you know, go ahead, go ahead and, uh, and, and, and conquer the Muslim quarter, so to speak. It's, it sometimes seems to me that as much as we turn to Mordechai for leadership post the story of Purim, I don't know if it's on his shoulders, after all of the attention that he, that he paid to saving the Jewish people, uh, to go ahead and, and, and start anew and lead that charge. I just don't know if it's fair. It's possible. Uh, you know, it, we, it's really hard to know people's motivations in retrospect. Right. Uh, wh- one of the critiques that's been on, on the book, although it's been pretty critically claimed in Israel, I got an email uh, right before I went on air that it's number two on the bestseller list uh, yeah. for this week wow. uh, in Israel, uh, that... Um, you know, it's hard to understand people's motivations in retrospect, and I think that's a fair critique. You know, but we got to look at we got to look at Jewish history, and we got to look at what uh, the Meshachachma says and what Ravashi told us, and what's been told throughout generations. And I tell a story at the beginning of the book uh, that when I was a, a, in yeshiva in the Gush, right after the Gulf War, Ravamital turned to me at some point and said, "You know, it doesn't matter if you live in the old city or Jerusalem or Tel Aviv or in the periphery. What you need to do is come to Israel and set up an economy that will employ 10,000 people to earn a decent living. And I think of all the incredible talents of the Jewish community in America and, and how much better a life we can make uh, in Israel if we bring all those incredible talents to Israel. And I just think that that opportunity uh, as a Jew should motivate all of us. 100%. Uh, that I agree with. Uh, look, you, you have to stop by here one day. We've got to do a longer uh, presentation on this topic. You're very, you, have, you have a lot to say. You're very convincing. You have great sources. And maybe we could turn some people on to head 6,000 miles east and get to the Holy Land. Michael Eisenberg, he's author of the book The Vanishing Jew, a wake-up call for the book of Esther. He claims if you order it from Amazon now, you can have it in time for Purim. And I'm sure you're trying to work with a startup company who could actually get it to people within an hour, right? I think Amazon could probably do that too. If this is digitally printed, but uh, but yeah, we're trying to revolutionize the world. And you know, the amazing thing is with, with internet connection today, you can literally run any business out of Israel right now. I mean, I'm, I'm investing in an insurance company that sells in New York and operates out of Tel Aviv. So, you know, just an incredible time we're living in. It was filled with great opportunities and great opportunities to do it for the Jewish people out of Israel. Michael, can't thank you enough. Happy Purim. Look forward to seeing you in Israel. 
Happy Purim. See you soon, Nachum. Thank you for the time. A pleasure. The Vanishing Jew, a wake-up call from the Book of Esther. Michael Eisenberg, a lot to say, and he says it well uh, for us here at JM in the AM. More coming up. Zusha visiting our studio next if you keep it here at JM in the AM. Live in studio. Could you imagine that? Here they are at JM and the AM. Good morning, gentlemen. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Morning. Morning. Can you believe that Zusha's here live Literally. in studio, brother? Literally live. Unbelievable. <laughs> I can't get over this. Maybe we should just spend the next half hour talking about how incredible it is that Zusha's here live. That should be the entire show. Wow. Zusha's <laughs> That's here. what we do did every you, day. Did you hear Zusha's here? <laughs> wow. Hear? Can we stay here? How incredible. Yes, we'll do it. We'll just stay all day. <laughs> It'll be one like, a, a complete love fest for Zusha just being here. Nice. Uh, who do we have here? 
identify yourselves so that people watching on Facebook Live will know who we're talking to here. Sure. We have Zach Goldschmidt. Zach, how are you? Sitting on the left. I'm Alicia Mlatek. Alicia, how are you? Good to see you. Shlomo Gazin. There he is, Shlomo. Unbelievable. Shlomo. Together, there's Zusha. Mm. They're out with a brand new single, by the way, which we're going to get to. I can find it. It's somewhere in my Zusha collection. It's somewhere. It's somewhere mixed up with my my mountain of Zusha songs. So I don't even know if I can dig it out, but I'm going to try my best. <laughs> What's that called? Modani. Moda. Yeah. Moda. We keep the ani out of it. You don't like the ani part. It's yeah, it's not about I. It's more about thanks. Very good. You just felt what was time to it's time to start the morning with something different. Yeah, time to start the morning with uh, the Nachum Siegel. Uh, there you go. <laughs> I'm driving through Manhattan. I don't know if I told you this or not, because I don't think I've seen you since this happened. I'm driving through Manhattan on a Friday, 25th Street in that area, and um, you're walking You're walking uh, eastward on 25th Street. I think it was 25th. Maybe it was 28th. Who knows? And you're playing guitar. U- ukulele. Ukulele, ukulele, excuse me. <laughs> you're strumming a ukulele, and I say to myself, you know, I would really stop, offer him a ride. I would, I would say hello at least. But he, but he looks like he's such, a, he's so in his zone right now. He's so, you know, people are walking by, and you're completely oblivious to what's going on. I'm like, yeah, I'm not saying a word. To this. Let him just keep on rolling. I think I took a picture and sent it to my kids. That was, about, that was about the extent of it. But I just said, you know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not bothering this guy. You're, 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 is that, is that common, by the way, singing or composing music while walking the streets of Manhattan? Very common. Very common. <laughs> Where's your favorite spot? Is there a favorite street or avenue where uh, where Zusha's songs are cre- are created? Um, <laughs> you have a favorite train? Yeah, you have a favorite, favorite subway car? We used, to, we used to sing together on the train when we used to go downtown together. Seriously? Well. Yeah, the one yeah, train. Yeah. What was the reaction? Well, sometimes people would it, would... it depends what time, but if it was like at the end of the day, you'd have people kind of falling asleep. Um, sometimes you had people kind of grooving and dancing, right. which is kind of nice. One person was like, uh, it's my stop, but I don't want to get off. <laughs> That's the, the ultimate compliment. I will stay on the subway to hear yeah, you guys stand in New York subway. That's unbelievable. Now, what's with the, uh, you, you, at least two of you, I noticed, walked in this morning with interesting looking scarves. What's the story with that? Is it just is a precautionary measure because you're worried about your voices? Is a political statement, one being worn over your head? That's Zach, right? Yeah. Being worn over your head. I mean, yeah. can, can you explain that? And anybody watching now on Facebook Live, Nahum Single Network, will see exactly what I'm yeah. talking about. Nice. You want to explain this, or there's no nothing special, no, no reason or rhyme or reason behind it? <laughs> I got mine at the airport. Never, I don't know. It is not no, very special. But not all people walk, in, walk indoors wearing it on their heads like that. You know what That's I mean? true. I mean, you're hiding. Yeah, is that my yeah, head? What's going on over yeah, there? back there. It's like Voldemort's back there. You got someone's head, someone's face. Are there um, are there payas underneath there or not? Oh yeah, we got payas. You got payas underneath. There? <laughs> Should we bring them out for the live live cast? Have you gotten Have you gotten pressure from these two gentlemen to to grow your payas as long as yeah. theirs or not? We hold them down and we say grow, 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 grow. They've ne- they've never like the Gemara, like the Gemara. Like there's always two angels saying. Uh, Grove, the, uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm like a Grove, face, Grove! Like a defunct uh, Chia pet. They've never, <laughs> so they've never gone ahead and expressed any interest. No, it's only internal. And you, you looking more like them. It's only my internal <laughs> Zach and Shlomo that tell me. One of us get a scarf. So Zusha's here. I, you know, you know, I don't know. Some people thought that you know Zusha hit the scene and 
you know, had this big burst of popularity. Would we ever see them again? And now you guys are as hot as ever. How does that happen? Yeah. It's a story with that. We sort of entered the cave, so to speak. What do you and mean? We entered the, the musical cave, yeah. and we, we tried to spend some serious time working our craft, and uh, we're pretty happy. We're, we're finishing up an album right now. So you fooled the audience. People thought you had disappeared. Oh, yeah. And, mm. and in reality, you were preparing for the next stage. Big Houdini. Uh, Very nice. <laughs> uh, on March 11th, what's today, the 8th? Yeah. So March yeah. 11th is Saturday night, am I right? Yes. It's a Saturday night. Correct. Correct. What's going to happen Saturday, Saturday night? You're going you're to say Havdalah at some point, right? We're going to finish Shabbos. It's a Shabbos Zachar. It's a big Shabbos. Yeah, it's a you're going to finish Shabbos. Shabbos at some point. You'll say Havdalah. And then it's on to a big Purim celebration. Will yes. you hear Megillah before the celebration, during the celebration, or after? What's the Zusha Purim schedule for we'll Saturday? We'll probably do it two or three times just to be safe. Really? You're going to read Megillah twice or three times? <laughs> well, twice for sure, by really? night and by day. Uh, very good. Mm. We'll be doing Megillah probably at 8.30. Right. Um, so we'll be playing the show at the Bowery Ballroom. Right. So 8.30, come here, Megillah. Right. Oh, literally there? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. For the public. That's oh, yeah. what we yeah, do. Yeah. Yeah, we I mean, that, a, that could take 25, 30 minutes, you know. Yeah. Well, the first yeah, band yeah. won't go on until about 9, okay. 9, 15. Um, and who is that? How does the show start at 9 o'clock? That's our good friend, Zeke oh. Finn. Good friend and neighbor, actually. Well, Zeke Finn, I, I've been reading a little bit about this whole Zeke Finn phenomenal, yeah. phenomenon. rather. Uh, and, and he really, he comes in as a friend of yours? Yeah, I mean he's also our neighbor. We live across the street <laughs> Literally? from each other. Yeah, I used to live. Where on this. Where is that? In what area of, uh, of Crown Heights? In Crown Heights, yeah. we can't specify where. Everything's <laughs> happening in Crown Heights. Yeah, yeah, Crown Heights. Unbelievable. Um, so Zeke Finn will be playing at around nine. We'll have McGill before that, and we'll probably have a couple during the show in case somebody missed it. When does Zusha hit the stage? Mm. If we're here today, if you guys have woken up in the middle of the night in order to join me here live. We must at least use the opportunity to remind people they should come and see you Saturday night. What time will Zusha be hitting the stage on Saturday night? Saturday night, Bowery Ballroom, 10, 10 o'clock. P. 10 p.m. 10 p.m. Bowery Ballroom. What type of arena is this? 100 people, 1,000 people, 10,000? How many could fit into it's the Bowery Ballroom? Just over 500, 600. Oh, there are 500 seats? Oh, yeah. very good. Okay. So it's a really it's nice space. So this is serious. It's not there's seated. Another, yeah. Yeah. There's another uh, level. People can sit and chill. Yeah. It's got like There's something for everyone. Hamantashen available? That Space was painting. Two We're trying to get Hamantashen. They uh, might have some Hamantashen. Yeah. <laughs> you might make it a full-fledged Purim <laughs> celebration. I'll tell you, I, I'm, I'm proud of you guys. You get out there in a, in a, uh, in a, uh, um, in a distinguished Manhattan uh, venue, and you're reading Megillah and spreading the word and telling people to celebrate Purim. You're probably going to meet Jewish people there who have never been to a Purim celebration before, I would guess, right? Yes, absolutely. Awesome. Definitely. Absolutely. That's probably I mean, going to happen. <clears throat> the goal is to spread the perm love. Right. You know? What's the, se what's the secret of uh, Zusha's success? Why is it that so many people from so many different backgrounds are being attracted to what you do? Mm. I guess because it's not about us. Meaning? <laughs> Meaning... Uh, <laughs> I actually what, didn't hear what you said. claims it's not about you. It's not about oh, the group. It's not about us. And he claims yeah. that that's the secret to this large umbrella that's covering a really diverse group of people enjoying your music. I mean, you, I mean, you've seen people at your shows who are yeshiva guys, all the way until yeah. uh, and girls, all the way until people who literally will not have heard the Perm McGill in a regular year, right? Mm. So why mm -hmm. is that? Is there an explanation, or I think it's because we're different. You know, we sort of, you know, even though me and Shlomo sort of look similar, we're very different people, and so we're sort of reaching out to all these different types of people. So. In that sense, like you'll find a lot of different kinds of people there, and I think that's one of the big attra like attractions is that you're going to meet all sorts of Yidden.
all sorts, all the walks of life from this guy who grew up in, in going to the mirror and this guy right. who grew up doesn't know anything. And that interaction brings out something special. People like those who seem off the beaten path. Yeah. I mean, yeah. There's, like a lot of, there's a lot of uh, blue jelly beans, you know. You got to <laughs> diversify the colors. But, you it's, know, in our society, and specifically in the Jewish world, those, those jelly beans don't always get the attention that they deserve. And a lot of people don't like to acknowledge they exist. You know that. Yeah. yeah. You know, we have some internal problems that uh, sure. sweep them under the rug. Yeah, you know, there's a little bit of a cookie-cutter society in the Jewish world. I don't think you guys were victims of that. Yeah. Does it seem so? Well, I think that's the movement, is really just embracing who you are. And that's right. a very powerful thing once you can handle that. Um, if I asked you, and this is such an unfair question because uh, you probably won't want to answer it directly, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Uh, someone comes down from outer space, asks Zusha, what's your most spiritual song? What, what would you answer? <laughs> what is the most spiritual? You want to turn someone on to spirituality. What are you playing for them? It's more like someone comes from inner space. Whoa. Wait, it's take me a minute to recover from that one. Wow. <laughs> Someone give me a wet washcloth. I mean, wow. Everyone can everyone can escape the world, but can you go from the inner world to the Someone comes world. down from a different world and says, I need spirituality. I, I always do this with Kalbach songs. I say that I believe that there's certain Kalbach songs that if uh, you know someone does come and is completely unfamiliar with Kalbach, play this play them this one song and they'll start to capture the essence of Rubschleima. How do they start to catch, capture the essence of the spirituality of Zusha with which selection? Mm. Well I think Everyone's spirituality is starting and and heading towards a different place. I mean, there's one there's one common thing we're going towards. We're going towards Hashem, but right. um, whether in the tribe of Menashe or the tribe of Levi or whatever tribe they're in, there's different flags with different goals. And and on the, at the outset, one song may turn one person off and turn another on. So. I don't think that you could. Uh, one could say, "Oh, this one's spiritual. This one's secondarily spiritual." Oh, well, I ask is, which one would you play for them? You have oh, to have a We play Modani for sure. You would play. Because <laughs> hey, it's the down, last one. Calm down. We'll get to it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's walking in. He, he, he wants all the info about the show. He wants all the info about Modani out Checklist. there. You can say that again. How do people get Zusha to visit their neighborhood? How do people get Zusha to uh, come into a concert, a Shabbos, a performance mm. where they are? How do they do that? Are you guys managed by somebody? Are you uh, well, represented by somebody? Do you do this all on your own? Do you do you answer a phone call, say you'll be there, and then there's a 50-50 <laughs> chance that you'll show up? Like, how does it work? <laughs> no. um, we, generally speaking, have um, you know, someone taking care of booking. And, nice. Uh, we have, uh, so you hit the big time. <laughs> <laughs> you can email us, you know, booking at Zusha. We, you can reach us at Zusha.com. Have you been outside of the New York area? Have you spent a lot of time, you know, Outside the confines of this great city. Yeah, I see these koala bears. You get these from Australia? Yeah, I think someone sent it to us or something. Yeah, so we were. <laughs> were you in Australia? We were in Australia. They dig yeah, in Australia. And they have these there. These are actually. They got the real ones. No, these ones. <laughs> They're way bigger. These. <laughs> so you went ahead and did a show in Australia. Traveled to 24 hours. Did a show in Australia, and was it the reception like you would have expected? Was it a very yeah, positive? There was like 800 action? people there. Awesome. And yeah, we really played in Melbourne. There was like Sydney. 800 people in Sydney. Boy, oh boy. Went to Bondi Beach. Amazing. Went to Russia. Were you in Russia? Yeah, yeah. went to Russia this year. Yeah, Zusha. Where did you play there? In uh, near Moscow. Holy cow! If Beryl is there, had a whole uh, big Shabbaton. Very nice. Yeah. Yachad, uh, yeah. We also went to Uman. 
Oh my! Well, that's no big deal. Twenty <laughs> five thousand people do that. <laughs> I, I didn't get to. No, I'm kidding around. Um, and um, oh, so, so to play the U.S.—that's like nothing for you guys. You're like, yeah, do yeah, a gig uh, in Denver. Come on, <laughs> that's not exotic enough for us. <laughs> what are you kidding? Uh, America is wonderful. Uh, America is wonderful. Yeah. And, you, and you've been around here or not? You've done you've done Denver, Houston, Chicago, Detroit or not? We did. You're, you're waiting for the big invitation. Done Chicago. We've done L.A. Ah, so waiting for some invitations. You guys are Cleveland. complete superstars. I'm not yeah. introducing Austin. you to this audience. Everyone, everyone knows Zusha at this point. Come on. Yeah. We're trying to do something in June. Some Something extensive. Well, like a big tour? Yeah. After the album comes out. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. And the album is pre-Pesach or Logbomer time? When are you doing this? We're trying to hit it Logbomer. Oh, very good. So there you go. You got it all set. The whole system is completely down, I see. Yeah. Uh, Zusha. <laughs> Purim. 10 p.m. at the Bowery Ballroom. Simple as that. The Bowery. Do I have the address here? Where is this place? I don't even know. Think I've Six Delancey Street. Ooh. Seriously? That was good. It's on Six Delancey. Yeah. How'd you do that? <laughs> that, was, that was weird. So one second, I gotta figure this out. The old Ratners was like 130 Delancey Street. So where's Six? They'll be there. It's gotta be like. <laughs> it's gotta be like. You know, it's right around it's right here. It's like, like a two-minute walk from you here. You have no excuse. <laughs> You're right. I gotta spend per <laughs> night with you guys. Please. I was thinking of going up to YU. This is much easier. Yeah, yeah. Come on. Mm. Are you kidding me? You just gotta. Yeah. All right. Outside your door. <laughs> we'll do Modani coming up. We'll we'll keep the audience in suspense for a minute. Uh, give me something to play off of your original album. Which one do you want? Um. Your you play DJ now. How do you like that? Mm. I'm so kind question. to my guests. Mm. Question. Yeah. You want to do a question? Yeah. What's the question about question? What is this all about? The answer is really the question. <laughs> what is this song all about? That's the Purim Torah, is that you get to the, you get to the answer, the final answer, and you, like realize, you realize that it's a question. It's like Jeopardy. <laughs> you need the question, right? The answer's yeah. out there. you got to find the question. Uh, we're on Facebook Live right now. Go to Facebook, Nachum Siegel Network. Again, go to Facebook, Nachum Siegel Network. You can see the three members of Zusha live in our audience. We are honored. Could you imagine that Zush, all three of Zusha's members woke up really early to be here on a Wednesday morning pre-Purim to wish everybody a frail and Purim. This is called Question at JM in the AM.
Alicia Shlomo. You know, I thought Zusha was like Zach Shlomo, and a, but nothing to do with that, right? Just named after the great Zusha, am I right? Well, it was named after the Holy Holy Reb Zusha right. Manapali. Um, and post facto, we... You realized. Yeah, I think Alicia <laughs> yeah, was crazy. like, by the way, like a month after, he's like, by the way, I think it's uh, our acronym. Yeah. No such thing as a coincidence, huh? Yeah. Mm. If there's one thing we've learned through Zusha about life, no such thing as coincidence. Um... How did you discover each other? <laughs> na- na- neighbors? Uh, I, need, I need someone to play drums. Alicia popped up. Like, how did you discover? Like, what happened? To we had a close... Hiding in the scar. You're, none of you were related, correct? He was in the scar. We said, wow, that's the guy we need. <laughs> he dresses like us. <laughs> Alicia how and I you? met at Rosh Chodesh Adar Minyan. Yeah, we just celebrated our anniversary. Big anniversary. Big anniversary. We go out every year. And how long ago was that about? How many years? Four years ago. Four years ago. Five years. And you just met, meaning what? Looking for a musician? Looking for something? Yeah, five years. I think it was five years really? ago. Really? What well, was that? It was in our... My, how time flies. Post-yeshiva, we were in, we were in uh, you know, we were schlepping the gullis. Mm. We in college, and we found each other at this Rosh Chodesh Halal minion. Alicia was and supposed to go to Queens and drove me all the way from the village to the Washington Heights, like yeah. he was so late for class. We weren't looking for bandmates, we were looking for Haverim, and, and we found that. We found each other in the village. Zach was going to NYU. Um, we found each other around the Chabad. House. You were all attending real colleges. Believe it or not. Unbelievable. We were. <laughs> you were all attending real colleges. NYU, um, where were you? I was at NYU. Where were you? Queens. Holy cow. Yeah, and three different ones. Like the triangle of Jewish New York City, <laughs> Queens College, Yeshiva University, and NYU. My God. Which yeah. actually helped us spread the word in the beginning. I, I can imagine. Because we all were parts of different communities. Yeah. Right. yeah. Boy, and we all came together. It was amazing. Which has the craziest music scene, NYU, Queens, or YU? Hmm. That would be quite a question. Yeah. Is N- there a crazy NYU, for sure. Does NYU have a crazy <laughs> music scene? Yeah, it's a great... Yeah. Yeah. Diversity from all around the world? Well, they have like amazing music programs. Seriously? I wasn't a part of, but... I hear they're great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why you, why you as well? There's a lot of um, under the radar like music taking right. place, and people are writing things and way beyond the Maccabees. <laughs> oh right, yeah, yeah. the Maccabees and beyond uh, both. Yeah. Right. A lot of interesting. You're gonna stuff. see them in five minutes. <laughs> boy, oh boy! Oh, was that true? No. Oh. Uh, you did a show at Lincoln Square Synagogue recently, correct? Yes. yes. Uh, I always wonder. If I'm not mistaken, Yankee Lemmer was part of that lineup. Am I right? Yeah, yeah. friend of ours. And Shimon Kramer was part of that lineup. Yeah. And then Zusha. Yeah. yeah. And I always wonder uh, when people like me and others see a lineup like that. You know, especially those of us who are sensitive to trying to put together a show that will attract you know a certain crowd. I say to myself, you know, I wonder how that went over. 
Mm. You know, Yankee Lemmer, who essentially is a cantor, and I know he does popular music as well, but, you know, Shimon Kramer, same thing, you know, popular music has that cantorial edge. And Zusha, who I don't think would ever be classified <laughs> in either a popular music or or, or cantorial edge type of category. Yeah. Did it work? Was it a lineup that worked? Yes, yeah, surprisingly. I and mean, when you guys got on stage, plenty of people knew who you were. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... It was more like when we got onto the Bima. <laughs> oh, that's where it was? It was in the main sanctuary? <laughs> we, we, we sat in a, in a circle. Yeah, Lincoln Square, in of course. A circle in the center. Right. And it was um, really, really intimate. And I think it was really nice because Chazanis has like a louder, um, more focus on projecting. Um, um, and then Kramer. Um, Shimon Kramer, sure. Shimon Kramer played some really elegant like piano things. Yeah. And it was nice to to like get uh, to the level of like more of the kumzits, um and the, and focus on the panimi, sometimes silent, sometimes loud, sometimes exclamatory, um, rough and rustic at points, and sharp and honed in at other points. And it was really really amazing, I think, to have that dynamic because it allowed for uh, for a journey rather than just like um, rather than just like same 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 same. Yeah, that's true. It was same. Same, different, same, same, different. So you, so you walk out of the performance, there are plenty of people who enjoyed all three. Yeah. Right. Simple as that. Yeah. Right. Our job is to make people uncomfortable. Oh. You, <laughs> you know? do a good, a good job, <laughs> would you say? Great job. <laughs> <laughs> is here. We're going to get to the brand new selection in a moment. Uh, when you were at YU, were your pay us that long? Just curious. Not, yeah, pretty not, much. Not judging. I mean, they're, they're, they weren't uh, that. No, they were like, they started maybe like. And we're talking about a foot and a half, right? I basically. didn't start growing yeah. till Have I you got... those pages? Are they about a foot and a half? <laughs> it was at YU that I started growing them, actually. Really? That's the influence up in Washington Heights, huh? Yes, exactly. The Chabad yeah. Club at YU. Chabad Club. City <laughs> 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 cover over there. Amazing. You see what he can do with them. Yeah, yeah. They're like tentacles. Yeah. So they, they've grown a lot. They've grown a lot. Yeah. They're a semblance of my inner growth. Because yeah. they come from my insides. So if your inside wasn't out. as powerful as it was, they would not be as long as they are. That's the that's well, the general. It's mostly for holich. Every Jew, you know, every day is getting a little bit holier. Right. So light of Hanukkah. Well, there are continues. people. There are people out there who you know, and you might might meet some Saturday night who would say the opposite. We're losing our spirituality as day go mm-hmm. days go by. I I can't get back on track. Sure. You know, said, there, there's definitely both directions are possible, but uh, the question is which escalator are you going? See, all kidding aside. And I know I like to have fun here in the morning, especially with guests, you know, who are of uh, who like to have fun like yourselves. Mm. You have a tremendous responsibility. You're going to not just Saturday night, but in general, you're going to you're going to continuously now meet people as long as this group is together. You're going to continuously meet people who are searching, people who really are looking to you for some meaning, for some direction. Right. Not that they're going to ask you for career advice, but they're going to they're going to you know live off of the uh, of the moments that you know that that they've witness and that they participated in with you guys right big and, responsibility and the responsibility is to sort of which way do you want to frame the narrative because you can obviously look at all the people that are turning away from judaism and turning going doing all these other other things or you can look at what's happening on Purim, for example and how all these people are getting together and celebrating in ways that they've never done before so it's our responsibility to sort of say that there's amazing things happening and let's focus on that and grow that and not really worry about anything I else. never thought that Purim citywide celebrations would be like they are now in 2017. Amazing. That you could attract Jews to come out for a Purim celebration. They wouldn't stay away. They, they actually want to be there and you know, party with you guys in a positive manner. So, uh, Saturday night, uh, opening act, Zeke Finn, is it? 
Yep. Yeah. Zeke Finn is the opening act. That happens about uh, 9 p.m. after Megillah reading. Yes. After that point, uh, 10 o'clock, Zusha hits the stage. Uh, I'm assuming there'll be Mashka there for the holiday. Am I right? Yes. Or we don't know yet? No, there'll be Mashka. But we don't know about the Hamantashen. We know about the Mashka. We don't know about the Hamantashen. We're doing our best. Yeah, do me a favor. If, <laughs> if you're offering people to drink on Purim, it I would think be unfair. B-Y-O-H. Bring your own Hamantashen. Maybe I'll just ship over a case of Hamantashen. I can't, I can't tolerate a Purim party on Saturday night without Hamantashen. Come on. I think we should leave a trail of Hamantashen from this office, and we'll just get you that way. That might be nice. We'll idea. get people here after. But I am very, uh, I am committed to making this a real Purim celebration. In fact, uh... You know, I, I think at some point during the show, not that I'm your producer, not that I tell you guys what to do, Yes. but to Perm is a big day of charity. You might mm -hmm. want to recommend to the audience at some point during Perm Day to help out somebody who's it's a great idea. Do you have any recommendations? Make a recommendation. Say, hey, guys, you know, you're not that familiar with Purim, and it's not just about drinking and having a good time. It's also about helping others. Sure, sure. Reaching That's out, giving idea. gifts, you know. Beautiful. Do you have any char charity ideas? No, I think there are a million out there, and, and in the city, you'll meet people constantly who are, you know, in need. Yeah. Sure. So yeah. pro probably right outside the Bowery Ballroom, <laughs> there'll be people there in need. I mean, you know how it works now in the, in the yes. borough of Manhattan. A lot of people in need who are hanging out on the streets. All right, we got to do the new selection. Uh, you've hinted to the fact that basically these songs are are collaborations of all three of you, right? Essentially, right? That's it how depends it depends on some of them. Stoma writes completely. Some of them. Well, who's responsible for Mode? Mode. Who would we give credit to if there was such a thing as a credit for this song? Um, I think Shlomo wrote it. I wrote it a little bit. This, uh, our friend David Atias helped out. Oh, um, nice. You know the Atias? A great family. It's a beautiful Atias. family. Yo, Yitzchak was a legend, boy. Uh, he, we, used, we used to play his stuff 20 years ago. Yeah. He's, still, he's still, yeah. still an amazing musician. Yeah, still. Awesome. yeah. He's awesome. He came up and jammed with us last time in Israel. Yeah. Wow. He's good stuff. We had an amazing show. And his kids are great, too. They're all great musicians, right? You got to yeah. play with them. Yeah, but they're also, they've got like a chen key, like yeah. a godly grace. On yeah, he's the real deal. I could see him passing that on to the next generation. These kids are ridiculous. Yeah. Um, all right, so what was I asking you? Yeah, credits. The two, the two of you a little bit, and then uh, et cetera, yeah, et cetera. Shem's get the real credit. Yeah, yeah Shem gets all the credit. He's the ultimate producer, yeah. right? God, God is the ultimate producer, uh, and he's the one that... Uh, <laughs> there you go. All right, it's called Mode. Good chance you'll hear it this coming Saturday night on Purim Night with Zusha. Right now we're on Facebook Live in our final minutes with Zusha visiting us here at JM in the AM.
Ukulele, could you take it out for a second, or is that uh, you don't want to do that? You would have had to prepare. I'm trying to convince Shlomo to uh, give us uh, 60 seconds on the ukulele. Could you guys do that? Can you join me in convincing him, or no way? Um, Maybe he can compose a song like he did on 25th Street that day. Maybe this Modani was composed on 25th Street. Exactly. Walking through the uh, walking through the city. Anyway, we're going to the studio after this. Oh, that's why. He's got it. Yeah. All right, I'm not going to put pressure. It's fine. We don't need you to do that. We need you to relax here. And come back another time. And uh, hopefully you'll come yeah, back. And sure. uh, Zusha Saturday night. Purim, everybody. Woo! Simchat Woo is right. What do you do when they say humming? What, uh, what method of... Uh, I smack Elisa right across the That's face. how it works? Does it, does it, make, <laughs> a very la- does it make a very loud sound? Or well, you got to do it a lot. It's one of those mild humming. Uh, <laughs> right. Hurts the business. Yes. I'm big on just like the simple... <laughs> you go with the table. Simple you thought the, you thought, I find it's not as loud as... You thought the Alicia system just wasn't good for the group in general. <laughs> Hurt morale a bit. Long term, it's not that effective. <laughs> Strange enough, it was my idea. Well, when if you do that with Alicia, then you when you have his machias on Alicia, we know what. That. Who we reads McGillis Saturday night? One of you or somebody else? We bring someone in. Someone's going to bring in. Yeah, yeah. And will there be a stop at every humming or not necessary? Um, or mile? I think it's up to the guy. The guy that's doing he it. may try to run right through. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I've, I've had those guys in yeah. Joel. I've had those guys try, yeah. to, try to roll right over the humming. We're going to need it's people to third stop year, him. so we actually have had like different experiences with uh, these guys. Yeah. Yeah. First year, the guy was speeding delivery. <laughs> well, last year, we did it Bro- last year we did a Brooklyn Bowl. And it was basically McGill competing with the bowling alley, which was not a great idea. You heard all the noise in the bowling alley? Yeah. yeah it, was, it was very... So this year we're doing a barrier. No bowling this year, guaranteed. No Please no do not bowl. bowl. Definitely not guaranteed. Do not bring your bowling balls <laughs> to Bowery Ballroom. They'll be upset. Uh, they have a nice wooden floor. You know, just Bowery Ballroom, Saturday night with Zusha and Zeke Finn. Enjoy, everybody. Plus McGill and maybe some Hamantash. Maybe. We don't know. Maybe we'll get a Hummantaschen gun. We'll shoot him out there. Good anyway. idea, like the t-shirt gun, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like that idea. Bring a costume, we'll have face painting. and uh, Very good. New album, expected out like Bomer time. Yes. Search the word Zusha if, you want, if you're anywhere on the globe and you want uh, them to visit. Right. Mm-hmm. Simple as that. Mm. Zusha.com. And, oh, Zusha.com. There you go. You can watch our Facebook Live right now. You can also watch it later if you want. Keep commenting away. And... Um, and that about does it. I mean, uh, I don't know how anybody could spend a Purim night any better than with Zusha. Oh, by the way, breaking news, gentlemen. Bre- oh, breaking huh? news. Huh? And I'm sure, I am sure that the three of you are as into this as I am. <laughs> the Netherlands has just won their game in the World Baseball Classic, which means Israel advances to the next round. How amazing uh, is wow. that? <laughs> well, you mentioned that Saturday night from the stage or not? Not. <laughs> Another miracle. <laughs> Another other miracle is right. <laughs> Please do not bring your baseballs or baseball bats to the venue. I mean, in It'll this month upset. of miracles, could you imagine that Israel is now advancing to the next round? These Incredible. gentlemen don't know I, what hit them. I heard they were listening to Zusha. <laughs> Who did it? Who knows? Maybe in the locker room. 
Maybe that's what's inspiring them, a little Zusha music. Uh, yeah. I'm going to have to find out. Might be illegal, though. Are you, having any, uh, are you having any of the baseball uh, team come well, in? Well, there's somebody who, ru- who um, escorts the team who I'm trying to get on. Mm. Uh, I don't know if we're going to have any of the players. We'll see. We actually had one around the time when they... Uh, I mean, are you really interested in this stuff? No. Not Zach used to play baseball. Is that true? true? I went to... I did Maccabia. Bamet? Yeah, I went to what? San Antonio to play baseball. Bamet? Yeah, yeah. What position? I was playing second base. Who's your hero? Who's your major league hero? Derek Jeter. There you go. <laughs> the automatic answer for anybody in the New York area for the last 20 years. He's a good guy. Alicia thought he was your baseball hero. <laughs> he, uh, right. I was in your scarf and everything. What happened to us? Yeah, oh well. Gentlemen, I thank you. We're going to wrap up with a song called East Stettel. Mm. What can you tell us about this one before we play it's it? It's about out? the East Village. Simple as that. It's as wild as the East Village, but also with the intention of a year walking through the East Village. So, lights, we're running. That was heavy. Yes. That was heavy. I'm going to try to pay careful attention to this song. <laughs> East Stethel. Thank from, you. From the, C, from the album called Kavana, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah, intention. Do we call it Kavana or Kavana? How did we refer to it? Kavana. Exactly. We did say Kavana. Yeah. Just to make sure, I want to make sure I had the right Kavana. <laughs> yeah, Zusha, everybody. Return engagement. We could book you guys again. For sure. sure. You're not scared by the early morning hours? No, Definitely no, no. Love it. Mamash! Are we doing... Uh, is there going to be another Coulter Fest or we don't know yet? Do you have any idea? Uh, there, might, there might be. Uh, Birdie says there might be, yeah. There might be. 50-50? Yeah. You said Bernie? A birdie. A birdie. Nope, birdie. Oh, a Birdie. Uh, I do so if we, if we end up doing that again in Central Park, I want to tell you, you guys were amazing then. I mean, yeah, I mean, you, know, you out, were amazing too. Uh, well, thank you very much there, Mr. <laughs> Zusha. Uh, indoors, outdoors, seems you guys are so versatile you can do anything. Yeah. Amazing. Even the Bowery Ballroom, Saturday night, everybody, for Purim. It starts at 10 p.m. for Zusha. And, of course, the show, McGill at 8.30, and the show starts at 9 o'clock. Thank you, gentlemen. Simchas Purim to all of you. We'll wrap things up with Zusha right here at JM in the AM. Mm. Purim.
thank Zushana for being here on a Wednesday morning. Tomorrow's Tanita Stair, that's right. We get closer and closer to Purim, which begins Saturday night. Begins Sunday night in Yerushalayim, but Saturday night everywhere else. Achenu Yisrael and Achim Achem, our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listener sponsored digital radio, around the world on the web at NachumSiegel.com. On the NachumSiegel Network, and of course, on our beloved NSN app. Wraps up an amazing edition of Jam and the M. Thanks to all of our special guests. Bite Size with Yoni Pollock is next. He features Joanna Shepson's interview with the volunteers from Yad Sarah and Tova Connect's interview with the founder and PR director of Tnufa Bakihilat. It's all coming up between 9 and 11. Avrami hosts the live lunch starting at 11 o'clock. Great programming all day long here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Tomorrow morning, it's Tana Esther. We're here a regular day, everybody. That's right. Regular day tomorrow. Make sure to join us starting at 6 a.m. For a Tanis Esther edition of JM in the AM. Have a fabulous Wednesday. Till tomorrow, Nachum Siegel reminding you remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.